Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Good morning, evening, afternoon. Dave. Good night. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing, good Craig. Oh, that was actually pretty good, because Dave ended us off, and then Tori welcomed us back in. Couldn't have planned it any better. All right, my good thing this week uh, is is a little-known movie that you guys maybe have heard of. It's from the 80s. Uh, and before you shout Back to the Future, it's actually My Cousin Vinny. So there you go. Uh, but Back to the Future is all. Um, but I don't know. If you guys are listening to this podcast and you've never seen this, uh, you should. It's actually surprisingly really well done. And it's surprisingly accurate uh, in the terms of, of legality and, and being a lawyer. Um, at least that's what Legal Eagle said. And, and a few others that I've read on Reddit. But um, it has Ralph Macchio of Karate Kid fame. And the the cousin Vinny is, uh, what, Joe Pesci, right? Of Home Alone fame. Yeah, he's famous from Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't in anything else. Not Goodfellas or anything. Just Home Alone. Um, but it, it's, it's about the Ralph Macchio and his friend being wrongly accused in Alabama of murder. And it's his cousin Vinny acting as lawyer. To, to, you know, be, be a lawyer and, and hopefully prove his innocence. And it is still funny, even now. Although it's still, there's a couple of things that are, you know, 80s. Um, but it, it's still pretty good. Like, when things are happening in the court, things are pretty good. So you never saw it or heard of it, you can watch that. You can also go watch Home Alone or Back to the Future, the original <laughs> Home Alone, any of the Back to the Futures, but especially Back to the Future 1. They're all really good. Yeah. Back to the Future 1, legal drama starring Joe Pesci. <laughs> That's what Mike got of all of that. Yeah, my um whole knowledge of My Cousin Vinny is from that Legal Eagle episode. So. You, should watch, you might like it, Dave. I probably would. I uh, agree. I have seen My Cousin Vinny probably something in the triple digits at this point. Um, when I was growing up, I would always catch it on TV after it had started. So, like, every time I had seen this movie, I missed the first 15 minutes where it shows you that Ralph Macchio and his friend actor, who hasn't been in anything else, um, are for sure 100% innocent. And I feel like cutting that out makes the movie better. You feel like it's better if you don't know if they're for sure innocent? Yeah. Hmm. That's, uh, that's one take, certainly. I mean, try it out. Try watching the movie. I know! Okay, <laughs> But try watching the movie I, I, no, minus no, it's the first somebody else. I, I will agree, Mike, because there's been a few times where I'm watching it just because it happened to be on, you know, TV or something, where I don't see that whole beginning sequence in the mini mart or whatever the heck it's called. So it works. It definitely works. You can watch it. I mean, it doesn't necessarily hurt watching that beginning either. But but yeah, it it still sort of holds out. It's fine. It's just it's just a bunch of setup in the first 15 minutes, just so you know the characters. And you at least get to see the initial incident, so you could sort of like 
when it makes sense about why they're saying certain things during the court court case. Anyway, go watch it if you have never seen it before. I like it. Uh, it is also one of the most legally accurate legal movies yep. that exists. Oh, and Marissa Tomei is in it as well. Yeah, her biological clock is stomp, 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 ticking like this. Exactly. Uh, so my good thing this week is Final Fantasy XIV. Hey, I've never heard about that game. Mike, tell me more. Well, it's free if you can jump through enough hoops to get uh, Square Enix to let you download it without paying them. Yeah, that's that's the one complaint I actually heard about how weird it is, but it is legitimately, sorry, legitimately free for a content. How far are you, Mike? Um, I unlocked my job, which I made Lancer, so my job is Dragoon, and then I didn't have another goal to go towards, so I haven't played in a few days. Well, you, you always have main sequence to work on, the main sequence story. Yeah, but that's not really a goal to work toward, that's just progress. Well, the big thing for you is that there's still stuff to unlock uh, by continuing with the main sequence. I mean, you did you did the bulk of it, um... So you have stuff like the Gold Saucer, which, by the way, guys, Gold Saucer is there, and you can spend hours there. It's pretty fun. You can race some Chocobos, go racing. You can play some Triple Triad and win cards. It's all fun. Um, but yeah, r really, the big thing for you is actually unlocking the next next big grand, um, the big city, which is Ishgard, which is the whole the first expansion, which you do get access to as a player. That's unlocked, but you got a while. You have like level fifty to get to before you get to the story that leads to unlocking. But that's the next big location. Um, but the big thing for you is at level fifty. Once you get through the main, the first initial part of the main story, you get to fly. So you can fly on all of those zones that you're currently walking, or at least riding your chocobo route on. So and that's that's get, very nice. Like once you can you fly get to around level the 50. starting zones, it goes by so fast. You get to play with Dave when you get to level 50, because that's where Dave left off. True. I was about to tell you, Dave, um, we're almost going to start Heaven's War soon. Maybe a couple weeks, but it's it's going to start happening fast. One or two more weeks, probably. Cool. I don't really have to play WoW anymore. Okay. But hey, if anyone here wants to join us, I'm sorry for usurping your good thing. I'm, I've just been playing for the past month and a half now. Um, I did create... <clears throat> it's like a chat room type thing, but... You know, you guys are all welcome to join, and we can chat while we play the game. Even what server? Free, is free that, players. Craig? Yeah, but it's while playing the game. I ain't gonna go into Discord while I'm playing the game. What server, Craig? Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant Discord server. I'm on Cactar, and so is Mike, and so is Dave. Cactar Thank is you, part Craig. of the Ether Data Center, which technically you can go to any uh, of those servers in the data center, and you can, like, cross over to Cactar, but we are personally on Cactar. And if you have any suggestions for, like, short-term goals that I could be working toward that might be interesting to me, because the long-term goal of just finish the storyline stupid doesn't really appeal. Well, I said flying. You don't want to fly? That's long-term. That's finishing the storyline stupid, and then also no. you get to fly. Level, Level up your botanist. The storyline. That's actually just beginning the storyline. The story where it gets boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So you are undermining your point so hard. So, so am the, I. the thing about uh, the Realm Reborn, which is the first content that Mike's talking about, is that it's essentially it's a setup. Like the story itself is a setup for 
what's to come. The Heavensward story is really good. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but it is very compelling. But it only works because you know the characters that you've met them and if you interact with. I would say the story is pretty strong in the beginning. It gets weak around the time you can fly. But it's it's they've cut a lot out, so it actually goes by really fast. And then you get to Heavensward, and then it's it's really really good. And from what I've heard, um, the other expansions continue that trend of really really good. So I'm looking forward to trying that. Um, I mean, th- there's a lot to do in the game itself, so there's certain things that might appeal to you. Like for example, I keep mentioning Gold Saucer because for me that was a big thing when they first released it. Um, so there's the breeding of chocobos for chocobo racing that's specific to the gold saucer. You might want to try to collect every single triple triad card in the game. That's something there are people who talk about how glamour is the end game. So they like to get all of the different things that you can wear um, and you, you glamour to your equipment to look good. Like there's lots of different dyes. There's lots of different pieces of armor you can wear. Um, and and the system for glamour is actually really good. So. That has been a huge improvement over the past few expansions. So some people like to do that. Uh, some people like to somehow acquire a house, in which case they decorate it. Um, or you can join a free company and you get a room that you can decorate in there. Uh, they're also adding apartments in the next expansion because it's really hard to actually get a house. Uh, but same thing, you get an apartment that you can decorate that, and that's pretty fun. Yeah, um, I, have a, I have a question about that. Yeah. I have three separate quests that want me to go buy a house. They don't if want it, you to go buy a house. They want you to go visit the housing uh, areas just so you can see where they exist. Okay. Um, I got hit by choice paralysis because there are approximately 400 places I could visit. They're all the same. They just... Then, then why they, are they giving they, me the choice? Why? Mm, okay. It's, it's, a, it's a weird... So you have to understand when the game was first released, there was only one location that had 30 houses. They were only made for free company, which is like a guild. You know what as would they realized, help me understand that is if the game communicated that. As they realized, they ran out of space real quick, so they kept adding what are called wards, which are just duplicate instances of the housing location so people could have it. And then when they realized they were running out of space still, they doubled all that by making subdivisions, which is an instance within the instance. It's really weird. All you need to know is you select one of them, and that's the one you go to. When people advertise that they're doing concerts or something, they will say, we're in Ward 7 subdivision, or we're in Ward 5, and and then you know to go there, and they'll give you the number, and that's the the housing location that you go to. It's kind of like how you live in a house, but there exist other houses in your neighborhood. Yes. So, oh, by the way, people have concerts and stuff because people can just play music. They do concerts, they have clubs, they have gambling events, they have... Uh, we had a pool party last night with my FC. We were just hanging out and, and we did some speedrunning of Dungeon for activities. There's a lot of things to do. So, Mike, go turn in those quests. The important thing is, one, if people advertise concerts or something, you can go take a look. Or two, you can actually use those uh, housing locations to get around the map faster. Because you can teleport to them from the main city and then you can just leave and you'll be in a better location. It's really good for Gridania because you can get to South Shroud quickly. And it's also good uh, if for whatever reason you need to get into uh, the upper part of Lower Lanasia from 
from there. Like that, those are good ones to unlock because you can use it as a court, quick warp from the main city for free. And it just takes two seconds to go turn in there. But yeah, yeah, you just select the war. It doesn't matter which one you go to. You peek your head in. You can go run around if you're really curious to see how people have decorated. Um, but that's all you got to do is just visit it and talk to someone there real quick. So, Dave, what's your good thing this week? My good thing this week is a game called A Monster's Expedition Through Puzzling Exhibitions. You're a cute little monster with a backpack, and you're going around all these little islands, pushing trees and making bridges to go from island to island. And every once in a while, you come across an exhibition. The archipelago is actually a museum of bygone human artifacts, my favorite of which being the uh, laundry storage rack, which is actually an exercise bike. But uh, over the ages, when the monsters were uncovering the ancient human civilizations and uh, reading stories and pondering and looking at pictures and things, they decided that the bicycle, the exercise bike, was a laundry storage rack. And once or twice a year, the humans would have to pick uh, all of the laundry off of the rack and uh, cycle on it for about an hour to, to recharge it and recharge its storage capacity so that the laundry could pile back up onto the laundry storage rack. Um, but pretty simple gameplay. You just push trees around, uh, and it's really cute. It's got nice soothing music. You can just pick it up and do as little or as much of it as you want as you go. I like. To, I have it on Switch. It's on Steam and on Switch. I have it on Switch so that I can lie in bed and play it for a little bit before bed sometimes. It's real nice. Cool. Uh, Tori, what's your good thing? My good thing is... Terraria because I've been playing a lot of Terraria and you guys I beat the final boss on Terraria. Yeah. Oh my gosh, excuse me. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Was, I, the, uh, was the final boss Craig's ability to speak? Possibly. No, that's, that's, that's the tutorial boss. Like it, it always happened. Tori, congrats. And were you, you a were you a ranger? I think you are. Uh mostly summoner. Oh, the summoner path. That's actually, I think, pretty good in the... You're playing the console version, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I saw that they announced that the um, the final um, update is coming to the console version. Uh, because if you're on the console version, you're not playing on 1.4, which is the, the final version. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that I don't have access to, a lot of NPCs that I don't have, a lot of bosses that I can't fight uh, because they're not in the console version yet. But uh, apparently that's coming. I don't know how long it's going to take because it's been like a year since that update came out and the console version doesn't have it yet. But um, yeah, I saw that they announced that they were actively working on that. So I, I thought I would, you know, try to power through those last few bosses that I hadn't done yet. And um, I hadn't done Golem, uh, which is in the jungle temple. And um, when I, when I fought him, I, I killed him pretty handily in, on my first attempt. And oh, I told you he was easy. It was really easy. And like Plantera is tough. And then you go fight Gollum. You're like, oh, wow, that's it. See, I didn't find Plantera all that tough because I had I had read up on it and that it was supposed to be tough. And um, there were instructions for how to make a little arena to fight Plantera in, uh, 
where they tell you to take out all the background walls because that boss uses the background walls against you. So I, I had this um, arena constructed in, in the jungle with no background walls and I, I didn't have any problems with Plantera. Um, but the reason I was putting off fighting Golem is because there's an event, the Old One's Army, that once you beat Golem, it, it bumps up in difficulty to the last setting. And um, I was having trouble with the middle setting, so I didn't want to do it on the harder setting. But um, eventually I farmed up all of the tokens I needed from that event, so it didn't matter if I was able to do it on the hardest setting or not. Um, so I beat up Golem, and then the uh, cultists show up at the dungeon and you beat them to uh, start the sequence of events that summons the final boss, the Moon Lord. And so I did that. And um, I had some trouble with the pillars that you have to beat before you can summon the Moon Lord. Um, but after I'd done them all once, um, I figured out what I was doing wrong. Um, and I beat the Moon Lord on my first attempt. That's really good. Um, yeah, he, he wrecked me many times before I finally took him down the first time. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, the Old Man's Army is a tower defense type mode that was uh, collabed into Terraria through, uh, shoot, I forget what the collab is with, actually, which which Dungeon is unfortunate. Defenders. Was it? Dungeon Defenders. Dungeon Defenders. So they have a neat little tower defense thing. Uh, by the way, Tori doesn't have access to this, but the end game weapon in 1.4 makes that event incredibly trivial from the start like you don't need good towers or anything you could just snooze your way through it but but that end game weapon makes everything trivial so <laughs> that's the whole point and making a good arena goes a long way to all of them so the the big change for you tori is at 1.4 uh did you make a hidey hole for the moon lord that to block his laser i did not Okay, well, then never mind. So one of the big things of 1.3 is that you could cheese the Moon Lord by building a box to stay safe in when he shoots his big laser. Uh, then they made it in 1.4 shoot through walls. So you couldn't do that anymore. You actually had to dodge and, and actually do it properly. So they got rid of the cheese mechanic for a few of the, the events and bosses. But it's oh. really good. Congrats on beating it, Tori. Yeah, and the, the thing I'm enjoying is, now is making a town and making it yeah, look nice. Yeah, that that's 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 what I've been doing all along. That's why it took me so long to beat all the bosses because I I just like digging holes and building things. I've mentioned this before, and oh. so I spend all my time just building things. And now, having beat the Moon Lord, I got some really cool gear that just makes me you know it just ups my survivability a lot. Uh, like one of the things I crafted is. Um, I don't remember the name. Is it the Solar Eruption? Um, it's a weapon yeah, that, that, that sounds familiar. can hit things through walls, and it's got ridiculous range on it. I crafted uh, a cool dragon pet that zips around the screen and fights things for me, and it's it deals way more damage than the pets I was using before. And on my first uh, Moon Lord battle, he dropped the... Um, Sentry staff that uh, it's like a rainbow prism that shoots rainbow. Yeah, that one's really good. The bad guys and um, this is like insta shoots too. It just as soon as it fires, things take damage. Yeah, and 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 it 
it shoots in, in like this wide circle uh, area. So anything that comes near this rainbow crystal is just dead. And um, but so having all of that stuff, um, I, I was able to beat the Moon Lord like two more times in rapid succession. And uh, now I'm busy farming up the stuff for the uh, drill containment unit so I can dig more holes oh. and faster. You know, some people have just completely destroyed the map. Because they could. They're like, I have this drill containment unit. I'm just going to drill everything. And they have. I don't, People are silly. Um, one of the things you have to look forward to, Tori, in 1.4, is that it encourages you to split up your NPCs to different biomes. So I don't know if you did it before. When I was doing it the old style, I would build a giant apartment complex at, at you know in the center of the map where I was. And all the NPCs would be there. Um, so you just get this big, ugly block of NPCs live here. Well, in 1.4, they give you these teleportation pylons that go between different biomes, but it needs two NPCs near the pylon to actually work. So, and plus the NPCs have different biomes that they like. So they're happier, therefore they'll give you discounts and, and things like that. So it encourages you to split up the NPCs in different biomes and, you know, while you're there, you can also make neat houses for them, too, because you don't have to make ugly blocks. I mean, unless yeah, that's and, and that's that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Um, so I've started planning my um, housing complexes. Um, I, I've already started a couple of them in a couple of different biomes, um, but I, I do very much have just the apartment complex in the middle. Uh, I've made... A really awesome castle and all of my npcs live in the towers of this castle and someday i'm going to figure out how to get screenshots off of my switch so i can show you guys all the cool stuff i've built but um yeah i've got i've got my awesome castle where my base is and i've got a really cool tree house because i had like one living wood tree in this world when i made it because uh, it's small and um, so I converted it into this awesome, like, Swiss Family Robinson-style treehouse community. And I have um, my fancy arena, and I'm working on a jungle uh, enclave. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited about all the stuff I'm going to build now that I'm done messing with bosses. And uh, now that I have uh, equipment so I don't die all the time. And that's my good thing. Cool. Uh, so, Dave, you... Hopefully finished a book this week. Hmm, I didn't read the uh, index. Oh no. Saving that for next week. Okay, but what uh, did you? I didn't, I also didn't go back and read the copyright page. I read well, part three. You wouldn't know it, but that's actually pretty crucial to understanding the climax of the book. The copyright page. Hmm, but the because copyright it is page indeed is copyrighted. It's not written in steel. Spoilers. Oh, that's true. Not that important then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read part three, though, this week. Chapter 22. The rest were useless. Lol, it bleeder. No more Melatium shot, but some bullet from Renette. Uh, guys, I don't remember what all that means. Craig? Oh, I have to read it, because I, I didn't have your... The rest were useless. LOL, it bleeder. No more Melatium. <laughs> Dude, it's all fuzzy. But some bullet from Renette. <laughs> I don't know what happened in the chapter. So uh, I'll tell you what happens in this chapter. Um, so so Wax gets back to the mansion. Um, 
and tells Marasi, this is the governor's mansion, uh, tells Marasi to go check on Steris. I'm sort of paraphrasing from the copper mine, by the way. Um, I don't know who is useless, the constables? I don't know. The constables are useless. So, So what happens is Wax has a big revelation, which is the LOL it bleeder. Maybe you remember this part. Dave. Yeah, the governor was bleeder. Exactly. So uh, Wax figures it out because of gum that was sitting on the windowsill, which is how he knows that uh, Wayne was there because he left some gum behind. And he's like, wait a minute. What was Wayne? Where's it? It was bleeder the whole time. So uh, then the guards like he yells. Wax actually yells for the guards to come in and they come in and they start shooting at Wax because, of course, because they don't know. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is the part where you said the rest were useless. Um, and uh, Milan takes a dive because she was one of the guards. And hopefully she wasn't shooting at Wax. But she pretends to, to have been shot by the governor slash bleeder. Yeah. And that's yeah. And, th- and that's why she tries to uh, hold on. Sorry, I'm, I'm doing a quick read. Uh, uh, where where are we? Yeah. So Wax tries to throw the last syringe. I think he pushes the last syringe at the governor. But... She uses the bleeder, grabs the syringe, and uses it against Milan. He missed. And... Yeah, okay. I didn't remember why. How? Yeah. I didn't actually catch how bleeder managed to get the Melatium shot, but I think he, I think he like he pushed it in. Like he, I think he missed or something. Or no, he tried yeah. to attack, and she got it off of him. And uh... she didn't even kill Marasi with it. What the heck? Yep. <sighs> But then Wayne has that bullet from Renette that he gives to Wax. Yeah. That's that's the end part. That's the bullet from Renette. There we go. We figured it out, guys. Okay. The problem is I read this last week, so that's why it's not as fresh in my mind. Yeah, I read a couple of the chapters a few days ago. All right, chapter 23. Wax is the hands. Okay, so this bullet is probably hemallergically charged, which would give Harmony control over Bleeder. Bones schmoons. Wayne's jokes are in bad taste. So, yeah, waxes the hands, you know, the conjurer, the ears or whatever. Yeah, the hands uh, of harmony. Hands of harmony. Uh, and, and I'm like, oh, the he's head. Re- <laughs> And then, uh, so Wax is like, oh, let me load up this new bullet. This will take care of her. And I'm like, oh, it's got to be a hemallergically charged bullet That's that'll give harmony control or bleeder. That's why, you know, he's counting on it to be effective. And then, uh, you know, Milan's just like, bones, you guys taste bad. And Wayne gets upset because humans taste bad. And that's the end of chapter 23, I guess. It shatters his worldview, Dave. Yeah. All right. These are some quick chapters. It's a way to figure out the twist, like, a chapter in advance. I put the bullet? Eh. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Chapter 24. Bleeder wasn't marked. Wax doesn't understand conservation of momentum. Lessie's face soothsayers. Reddy forgets to hate Marasi. Uh, what was that thing about conservation of momentum? I should take more detailed notes. So that's about how he's describing uh, his combination of using steel and changing his weight. So essentially, he thinks it's... I forget exactly how he describes it, but essentially like he changes his weight in mid push, which seems to actually give him a little extra momentum. Oh, like, but he doesn't understand why it works. He's like, right. making myself lighter makes me move faster, but I don't know. I don't get it. But yeah, conservation of momentum. So 
you know, me- momentum, momentum equals, yeah. uh, right. Well, F equals MA or rate of change of momentum, right? You got me. Alex. Mm. Momentum equals mass times acceleration. What the? Why are you messing me up? No. I just ruined everything. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Momentum equals MV. Gosh, dang it. Momentum is mass times velocity. Right. So if your mass decreases, your velocity increases because conservation of momentum. All right. P equals MV. P being that, momentum. That sounds familiar, yeah. P equals MV. So conservation of P, momentum, mass decreases, velocity increases. Okay. There we go. We got there. I remembered my... 12th grade physics class and 11th grade. I took it both years because I liked it so much. Um, well, the 12th grade was AP, but it wasn't like I repeated the physics grade. All right. Uh, then we go into the crowd and they're like, oh, there's soothers. And Reddy's like, why don't I hate you this right now, Marasi? All right. There must be a soother nearby. You're right. And that's the end of chapter 24. It's pretty harsh. It's like, normally I hate you. And right now. He's, he's pretty mean. He's like, see, like, Lassiter is mean-spirited, but Reddy is mean. I mean, I don't think Reddy is normally bad. It's just he's in particular, hates Maras. Like, in particular, he hates her because he feels like she stole his job. But does Reddy keep eight different guns hidden in his house in various rooms, including a bowl of peanuts? I'd believe it, yeah. Uh, I have to step away for just a minute. I'll send Mike a message with details. Bet that piece arrived. That's really fast, then. It's pretty impressive. No, we've been here for 40 minutes already. All right, well, Dave is temporarily indisposed, so uh, I will read what bullet points he has that I can see just to keep us going. And then, Craig, you can fill in what actually happens. I have no idea. Payalm really wanted to be Lessie. Or am her? Ready, check. When will Marasi remember that she can burn cadmium? I think Lessie really was bleeder. Wax is not Harmony's hands, he's his knife. He said sword, but knife would have been better. Duh, I already told you about the bullet, guys. <laughs> and that's all the notes I can read until Dave scrolls. <laughs> that's perfect. Do you actually want me to interpret this? Uh, or just tell us what happened from the copper mine. Well, okay, so this, this is the big uh, discussion. Wax catches up the bleeder uh, in his big chase. Uh, I don't think we really described it, but the whole con- uh, conservation of momentum was that he was pushing himself after bleeder, who instead of having super speed, she now also has steel pushing as a power. Um, but Wax is better because that's his jam. By the way, side note, isn't this a thing? Like in all of Sanderson's book, there's always someone who can fly and flying is their domain. Like, I like it, but it is a little cliche that that sort of thing's going to come up in his books. Um, in this case, of course, Wax. The sky is his domain because he's really good at pushing. Um, and he catches up to Bleeder on, I think, the Iron Spine building? I don't know. One, one of the, the skyscrapers, he catches up to her. And they have a discussion, and she re- removes the mask that she was wearing. Uh, the masked man or something she was currently dressed up as. And it's Lessie's face. What? And of course, that, you know, rocks wax completely because that's not you don't want to see your deceased wife who you happen to accidentally shoot in the head. You don't want to see her face. So I think Palm makes a comment how uh, about talking about what she wanted for wax. And 
at the time you like you don't believe that this is actually Lessie. You think it's just a ploy to get him from not to not shoot her. I have no idea what the ready check is. I think I think it's the fact that Reddy takes off his hat to tell that they're soothing coming from the the carriage. Like he he removes his aluminum lined hat and like, oh, yeah, it's really strong soothing at this location. And he puts his hat back on. Uh, There's some carriage that they actually figured out. So they're they're searching for the soother and it looks like they found them. Um, And then I guess Marasi could have just burned cadmium around this carriage to make time go really fast. Uh, maybe Dave can talk about it when he gets back. But uh, she doesn't, because why would you ever remember the metal? Okay, I, I want to talk about that when Dave gets back, because I definitely have some words I could say. Uh, then we switch back to the conversation between Bleeder and Wax, and she's talking about how she loved him and, and everything like that. And that's when you start realizing maybe that really was, like, Lessie was actually Bleeder the whole time. Like, she knew things that there's no way she would have known just by digging up the body and and get you know becoming lessie like she knows things that lessie knew um by the way side note sword nimi slash fell knight has a really good comment flying is cool and and that is why it's their domain flying is cool that's that's our previous conversation um and then wax makes a comment that he's not harmony's hands he is harmony's sword and and dave thinks it's better if it sounded like um harmony's knife do they even use sword they don't really even use swords anymore it's it is curious why he said sword and not knife i have to agree because by then swords are not very common or dueling cane (laughs) i am harmony's dueling cane and doesn't roll off the tongue in defense of brandon there are so many things in his book that happen because they're cool and like that is the both in and out of universe reasoning behind it all right yeah that's fair uh, all right, i'm here course... for now but I, I might have to leave again without notice um oh we, we we're just wrapping up your bullet point that we oh, you want straight. me to scroll down for you the yeah chapter, that'd be pretty great <laughs> oh that, that was the last bullet point um and finally wax does actually shoot bleeder with his bullet which dave tell us about that bullet i told you about that bullet that you did it is a right. allergically charged bullet Actually made with Wax's earring, which I thought might have been the case, might not have. It didn't really matter. I guess that's probably the only access to hemologic metal that he had. So Yeah, they don't know where Spike's are, and they weren't going to take out Milan's Spike or anything like that. So uh, Then she'd I, go crazy. He, he did pretty good about describing, like, talking about how Wax, thinking he doesn't have his earring in right now. It's like, it's weird that he would keep pointing that out because... In the rest of the book, he didn't usually think about when he doesn't have access to his earring. It's like, why do you keep pointing it out? Oh, because it's yeah, that's what made me. That's what made me think the bullet might have been made out of his earring. But so I have a question for you, Dave. So like you talk about earring. not remembering to use her metal again. Um, then she immediately remembered to use it. Okay, I, I sort of forgot like how that. It took her a while to decide to use it, though. I was just like, that's so in defense. In her defense. She was told through most of her life that her metal was useless and she was shamed for even having it or using it. So and I then those handful of times it came in useful and saved the day didn't mean anything. It's still hard to actively think, oh, I should be using that. And I think they make it a point in this book that she needs to be thinking about active applications of her metal like wax encourages that. Yeah. So, uh, like the 10 things better. I listed off off the top of my head. I think it's getting better, but I think I think this was in- intentional 
that she sort of forgets and then remembers later on to actually yeah. like i think i'm that's not i'm not saying it's not i'm saying not saying it's unintentional from the author's standpoint i'm just like come on girl you have useful powers use the usefulness of your using powers totally sounds like wax <laughs> yeah all right uh unless you had anything else for chapter 25 we can move on i don't know you, you read the notes right yep that's all i had to say well you know I wish Wax had said he was uh, Harmony's knife. That's all. I decided that dueling cane would have worked better. Dueling cane? Why? How many swords or knives do we see in these books versus how many dueling canes? Yeah, but the the analogy of the knife calls back to Era 1. That's why I like it. But the dueling cane calls back to Wayne. <laughs> Wax is not Harmony's Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> you can't prove Can that. Can you imagine? <laughs> Have you ever seen Wax and Wayne in the same time bubble? The same yes, time? actually, I have. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But have you ever seen them in two separate time bubbles at the same time? Mm. I, I can't refute that. All right. Uh, chapter 26. Ugh. Chapter 26. <laughs> Sometimes my mouth just stops saying things enunciatively correctly for a second. All right. Chapter 26. Aridel does a smart. Blessy dies. Oops, I killed her again. Or alternately, double kill. Referencing back to the bullet point of the prologue in Alloy of Law. The hemallergically charged bullet point. <laughs> yeah, there you have it. Um, Aridol, you know, Milan is in the form of Governor Innate giving the speech, and Aridol goes and arrests her, arrests Innate, which is Milan in Innate state. And. You know, he's a hero now. He basically and... changes the the mob into with the help he of focuses a... them into a, <laughs> a certain direction, so they wouldn't. The help of a anything. hostage soother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, using using the soother. Well, he didn't intend to use the soother. That was Morassi. Sure, but yeah, he he does a smart by getting all that information, and everything that Morassi found, and yeah, arrest the fake innate. Because mm-hmm. if he was killed, that would that would look really bad. But if he's arrested and there's proof that tried. he's tried, it could turn out pretty good. Maybe they can try. All right, uh, and then you know, final showdown with the uh, bleeder who's in the form of Lessie still and Wax, and you know, she seems like really Lessie, and then she kills him. And then she's like, oh, it was Lassie the whole time. Ha uh-huh. And then, well, he shoots her with the hemallergically charged bullet. Harmony starts to take control of her. And then she initiates the self-destruct sequence and dies. So I, I don't know then, if you noticed, but he shoots her in like the exact same spot that he shot her the first time. I thought that might have been the case. So then he asked Tenstoon, he's like, oh, is that really her? Tenstoon's like, yeah, just found out, bro. Wasn't allowed to tell you. Sorry. Milan probably doesn't know or something. And that's the end of the book until we get to the epilogue. Well, bring us home, Dave. All right. Uh, so speaking of the upon words, it was longer than the last chapter. All right. So fun. I was looking up the origin of epilogue, and it's the Greek root epi, which typically means upon, like epidermis or epicenter. But, you know, at least on the, the Google dictionary, it's listed as uh, like following or after which is weird and then i looked up another source for the greek root epi 
and it can mean like upon on before after like it can mean a whole ton of stuff kind of weird i always just assumed epi meant upon but it makes more sense as you know following or after for the word epilogue well, it sort of makes sense to be upon words, like on top of yeah. words. Yeah, it's like words on top of the words. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of funny that also, I can't think of an an example where English borrows the root epi to mean before, but it was listed as a, as a possibility. So like the prologue could be an epilogue, but whatever. But I mean, it's also like it's words upon the words, you know, like the main words of the book. So whatever. Alright, uh, Delayed Wedding. Bleeth D. Dursey would have wanted Wax to stop her. Tesla's daughter is inventing the television or the teleprompter or something. Weird Spike, normal earring. Uh, the former interim chief is now interim governor. The Spike isn't ATM or Lerasium. So, I think this is the first time I've ever actually seen this word written. Um, you guys said Lerasium, which I guess... You're probably right, but I would pronounce this Lerasium if or I would if it were the first time I've heard of this word. Uh, don't, don't go by my pronunciation. Well, Mike has said Lerasium. The, the I have said Lerasium. The, the name, the name of, the of the shard bearer, or, or however so, you pronounce those words. Yeah, take out the eum <laughs> and pretend that's a person name, a person's name. Laraz. So I would still go. say with a soft. I would still say with a soft s, even if I use a short a. Lerasium. Yeah. Uh, so have we actually seen the term Lerasium or Lerasium before this? Maybe in an Ars Arcana. the bead of preservation back when they fed it to Ellen in, at the end of, uh, Yeah, I, I don't think we've actually, it I don't remember ever seeing this word written before. Yeah, it wasn't named then because they didn't have the, the background information necessary to name it. Right, but that's probably in the words of founding or whatever. Okay. So what's a Trello board? And then finally Wax breaks down and cries on Leslie's shoulder in a very sweet and touching ending. So that is not what your bullet point says, Dave. Uh, I don't know. It was a sweet, tender moment. I didn't really want to ruin it with a bad joke, a bad, insulting joke. It's funny that when the the words that are written in your bullet point just reminds me of... Uh... The first like big Lincoln Park song because that, that's what they say the same thing. It's oh the fake drama type thing. The I've become is it numb? Was that their first song? Like their first big signal. I know they've had other whatever. Biskin Park of a Down. But let, let's actually talk about what happened in the epilogue. Yeah. Uh, so they're having a party. Woo victory! We won the city. We we took it over the corrupt government. And we did it peacefully, sort of. And we're going to try the old governor. Everything's going to go great. Um, but, of course, Wax is still, you know, upset, um, I guess. All right, so then this girl who was, like, Tesla's daughter, Wayne's talking to her, and he's going to apparently give her some money for her inventions or whatever. Uh, and he was and describing his name was Albert Einstein. So she, she popped up before, way back at the the other party that Wayne had to sneak into. Yeah, she like she actually yelled at Wayne, right? It wasn't Wayne in disguise right, he, he as was, Edison? He was Edison, and she was <laughs> really mad at that. So he knew who she was, and he's like, "Hey, he knew who she I was, and money now." He's familiar with like her dad's story and all because of having to get into character. <laughs> well, I think Morassi just like told him the background. 
Although but she's if she's inventing the there. television, she should be Farnsworth. That's the it, specifically she's going to use electricity, so it does she does fall more into the realm of Tesla than anything. Yeah, so it's that's described as something to help give out speeches or something, and I guess they already have a radio, right? Well, they're just re- discovering electricity. I mean, they don't have to follow have the radio. Our, our exact tech tree, but I thought they had like walkie talkies and stuff. So I thought it that sounds was like... one of the things that that Harmony was complaining that they haven't oh, figured out yeah, the radio yet. That's true. Yeah. Um. Then so it sounds like they're describing like a television or whatever. At first, I was thinking like a teleprompter, but then it's like maybe television. But it could be like helping give speeches in that. Uh, it it could be like records or something as yeah. well. Radio, teleprompter, all the same thing. Okay, and then there's a weird spike. Made of some metal that they don't know, and who's give, I think it's Marasi is giving him this stuff that she got from some from like a chandra. So she's like, "Here, this is the this is the weird spike they took out of your your girlfriend." And then there's a an earring, a, like a new hemorrhagically charged earring, presumably to replace the one that he got rid of. But you know, Wax doesn't want to listen to Harmony right now. And then I guess Marasi leaves the party early. Because they go back to a scene where she's uh, returning to the constabulary offices. And there's the uh, former interim chief, who's now the interim governor. And he's just trying to get caught up on some paperwork before he ends up having to do governor duties. And then Milan, in the form of an eight, um, (laughs) Milan is going to hang herself. So because, you know, it's not the conjure way to involve themselves so deeply in human affairs as to go on the trial and you know give it would be perhaps false evidence the trial in a certain direction and yeah they they can't do that and they're like well doesn't harmony know whether or not innate was truly guilty she's like yeah but you gotta work this stuff out on your own that Um, is not admissible in court yeah that she needs to know how to actually draw uh tie a noose like how do you even do this thing i don't know why you can't can't you hang yourself with a belt via the buckle, though, as well? I don't know why that wasn't. Well, go able talk to Milan and let her know. Yeah. And stick around, Maybe listeners, was... for more suicide tips from the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. Okay. Uh, moving I, on. I was going to say maybe it's one of those uh, looping, folding belts instead of with a buckle on it. I, I don't know what you call them, but like. We've got some for our Renfair outfits. They don't have buckles. You're just supposed to tie the belt. Moving on. All right. And so Milan is like, well, what do you think can stop a god? And there's like, Morassi's like, another god? And she remembers that uh, Miles 100 Lives was talking about someone named Trell. Someone or something named Trell. And I guess he said that. And I, I don't remember who that is, but probably just another shard. And that's a different god medal that we'll learn about maybe in a future book. Well, that all sounds ominous. Uh, So, Dave. There's no such thing as ominous. Would you like to learn what we think is going on here with that strange mystery space medal? No, wait, wait, no. Before we get to that, I want to ask Dave what he thinks is going on with that weird space medal. Who who do you think the medal is of if if it happens to be a shard? If it's a shard that I've seen before? Not necessarily, but given all of that reading you've done of the Ars Arcanum, 
who do you think it could be? Nas. No, um, I forget if I have I seen the name Trell before. I mean, other than Miles saying it, someone well, else. There's a couple Ooh, places where Trell has come from. Specifically, it's I think the first religion that Sazed talks to Kelsier about mm. way back in book one. Wait, but, Trell rhymes with Cell. But in that Trell is Trellium instead of just wait. Or am I getting it backwards? the The wording was slightly different, but Trellism versus about, Trelligism. Thank you. They talked about the thousands eyes of Trell. Uh, essentially, they were like stars or something that would watch you. And I think specifically, no, astronomy is what says they <laughs> used that for. Um, so uh, that, that's where the word we first yeah. hear it. But then Miles talked about it, like you mentioned uh, in the last book, and sort of. I don't like, remember him talking about that. Only Mar- Marasi recalled it. That's the only reason I thought of it. But he, I guess he, he does talk about Trell in his scenes. If you go back and review them. Maybe it's oh. that shard that broke and became a bunch of splinters, and those are the Thousand Eyes, like the one from Witches and Werewolves. So I'm pretty sure the initial mention of Trell was actually just a shout-out to Malazan, a book series by Steven Erickson. There's a character named Trell in there. Pretty sure that's what was going on in that, that initial mention. Well, there are 16 shards, and I know, what, like, half of them? I know about half of them. Maybe half? There's, like, Cell... Two here, the king's one, uh, the dead one on the werewolf planet, uh, I guess Pachi's dad, um, Edgley. Okay, even I couldn't follow that. I'm sorry. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I I followed all that. I followed it. Okay, good job, guys. So you you know about Preservation and Ruin, which which is the two from from this planet. Preservation, Ruin... You know, Devotion and Dominion, they're the ones from oh. the Montress. They've been heavily splintered, and the investor was shoved into the Cognitive Realm. Knows Buck. Bucks. Uh, you know, in Warbreaker, uh, that's Endowment. Yeah. That was Edgley, he mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, well, Edgley's the bearer, yeah. In Way of Kings... But the, well, the, the, metals are na- the metals are named after the bearers, apparently, not the shards. So it's ed- it would be Edgelium. Yep. And not Harmonium. There are three shards in Stormlight Archives. Uh, one which was destroyed, Honor. Uh, you have odium? Cultivation. What? Was in one of them Odium? And Odium, yes. Um, the big bad as of the series. Um, and then finally, you've seen, and I think we mentioned, that there was another shard that was splintered in Hoidium. Shadows of Silence, which is Ambition. And so... we have talked about another shard, but you haven't encountered it yet because that one is in White Sand. That's yeah. autonomy. So, like, Trell or whatever. whatever. Whoever this metal came from had to come from some world hopper, I would presume. So, oh, like, could... you've been told a couple of names. Race and Bavadin. Well, so Race, he w- he shouldn't. Well, I don't know. Never mind. Hoyt did it. The end. I mean, that might be where this is all going, yeah. But why would Hoyt do that? Why, why would Hoyt do anything? He just likes having fun. He's not like Ruin, he's just more of a trickster. But he's more Loki, less Ruin. Lokium. So anyway, that that was my question. Of the shards that I have mentioned, which one do you think it is? And it's not Preservation or Ruin, I'll give you a freebie. You didn't give me that, that was in the book. Um, I gave it to you, Dave, take it. What were the names of the shards again? Dominion, Devotion, uh, Honor, Cultivation, Odium, Endowment, Autonomy. Odium. Ambition. 
I'm going to say the metal is probably Odium. So you think it's the big bad of Stormlight Archives. Keeping in mind, this is about 300 years after Stormlight Archives, the books that we've been reading. Oh, Not necessarily. Oh, boy. You don't play like you know. You guys don't know either. There's a 300-year jump between Era 1 and Era 2. Stormlight happens sometime in there. So, Mike, did you want to talk about what we actually know? No, I was going to give Dave a Rafo once he said he wanted to know. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll I tell can... you what I want to know. It won't be today. Okay. Uh, does anyone else have anything else for Dave for bookending? So, well, what do you in think mind... about the big reveal? Lessie was actually Palm. Oh, man. That sounds like a great conversation for us to have next week. You don't want to talk about it now? Okay. No, that's more whole book rather than just these chapters. I mean, the, re- the reveal happened in these chapters. I guess so, that's everything. Speaking of these chapters, though, Steris is best girl. Yeah, she's really sweet in the in the end of the book. She just sits there and just just to be for well, first of all, she keeps everybody from bothering Wax all night, which is really sweet, you know. And she's also like postpones the wedding, which she at least went along with. It was probably even her idea, you know, to give him time to. I don't know how much she actually knows about what's going on and why Wax took everything so hard, but she's really understanding about it and just she's there for him to because she knows he needs her and needs somebody to to be with and, you know, isn't intrusive about it or ask him about it. She's just there. You know, it's really sweet. So is Starris growing your in your estimation? I, I already liked her in the middle of this book. But it, do you think she's a better fit for Wax than Marasi? Mm, I don't know. This sounds like a great conversation to have next week. Dave, <laughs> please, answer something. I just did. I answered Tori's question. <laughs> I don't want a Raytho, or I guess it would be a Raylo. All right. I think it's time <laughs> yeah, for Dave to go, go so we can go to spoiler time. It's a Laytho. Spoiler time. Okay. Bye, Dave. Bye. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right, Craig. Spoiler us. Hey, Trell is autonomy. The end. Thanks for listening. You think so? What's your essence? So here's the thing, and I wanted to discuss this because I was paying special attention uh, to the conversation that Bleeder has in these couple of chapters, and I can really see why they think she's being sort of a servant of autonomy. Because the the big thing is that they mentioned, Miles has mentioned it, she has mentioned it, Bloody Tan mentioned it, we are being controlled, lawmen, or something like that. Like, we are being moved. And, like, there's this emphasis on that they do not have free will, that they are not able to make actions of their own. At first, when I heard that autonomy might be the one that's that's being involved in this whole situation, I'm like, isn't her whole thing supposed to be like free will, do your own thing? But the intent specifically is that others, other organisms and beings have to have their own free will to execute. Not necessarily everything in general. It's it's specifically the people. And she will make sure that happens, even if it means forcing another shard to either be destroyed or abandon a planet. Like that 
her whole thing is she's involved in a lot of these different planets to try to grant autonomy and free will to the beings there. I don't see that as autonomy's thing. I see it slightly differently. Well, correction. That's what people's interpretation of those that are following her want. I I should correct it to be that way. Okay, Texas Blade pretty much nailed it, which is she wants to have her own free will, as in others aren't allowed to influence her. That's what autonomy means in this in this context, um, we get some backup for this in how um, blah Dune Planet Sandworld Taldane. There we go. And how Taldane is set up in that it's extremely difficult to get there. Like shard pool access is very very minimal. Um, and then creating all the various um, wow I can't avatars is that the terminology? Yeah, yeah. She she has different um, avatars of herself. Right, and those get sent out to go everywhere, right? Yeah, they. she pretty much has access to every single planet she can get to. So she has no issue with bothering other people. She doesn't want people to bother her. And that's that's how autonom- autonomy... I can talk. That's how autonomy works for for her. Okay, so my whole point is that if you look at the conversations that are mentioned by Miles, Lessie uh, in particular... And the few words that have been mentioned by Bloody Tan, it gives this impression that they're talking about them having their own free will rather than being controlled directly from Harmony or or having that sort of influence. And this is sort of why people have gotten the impression that it's not Odium, who is the only other really big bad of the Cosmere that we know about that's a shard holder. It's not Odium, Odium, it's autonomy because of of the words that they mention. And also the Thousand's Eyes of Trell, which could be um, a reference to the different avatars of autonomy that are on different planets. And so therefore, in different um, solar systems. However, so, let me let me throw out a possibility that it actually is Odium. Yeah. Uh, which is, so up until Rhythm of War, we had timing issues, right? Like the, good God, I can't remember anything today. The Oath Pact was trapping Odium. Or so we assumed. Yes. Except that we see Hoyd at the beginning of this book and during the last book, like, show up. So He was able to leave the Rosharian system. Yes. After bonding with a Spren. Yep. Now, Hoyd could be being Hoyd and had figured out some way around all that, um, but not necessarily. The Oath Pact might be done. It could be Odium, Vargodium specifically, exercising some brand new freedoms to go mess with Sazed. So the only other counterpoint to that is that we don't even know if Hoyd has a sprint anymore. Like maybe that was what he had to give up in order to be able to leave. For all we know, the Oath Pact is still in force in Roshar until we see the sprint, like after Storm, outside of Stormlight Archives, until we see that sprint. We don't know if he was able to get away. And we again, we don't know the actual details of the Oath. But yes, we, there's a chance that... Because somebody needs to read that on. contract. Please! We do know that Race was scared of Sazed because he held two shards. Yes, that was what in one if, of the conversations, right? In the... What if, now that Race is dead, Vargodium is sort of testing things with Sazed to gauge his power? So, Race was afraid... 
And Vargodium is like, I need to deal with this, so I need to see the limits and bounds that Harmony has. Yep. Let's poke this bear and see what happens. I mean, that that's a fair choice. Um, I just, again, I'm going by the things that the characters have said themselves, which makes, makes it seem like it's something very related to free will and, and being autonomous. That's, I think, why it's like this is probably autonomy and not... It's it's definitely got to be. I, th- I think we can agree. It's definitely some kind of shard holder because the metal of the spike is different. It's some unknown metal. And whenever that seems to be said, we have to think about, OK, what god metal could it be? So yes. it's definitely got to be some weird god metal of one of the shards in the Cosmere themselves. We know it's not Harmony's metal. That's at metal. We see that in the next book. Agreed. This 100% has to be a god metal, which means it has to be another shard interfering. Yeah. And whatever this uh, shard happens to be, this metal, its ability for Chondras is sort of like this whole weird hemallergic type thing where you can take in other powers. Like, we don't even know how it's described, how she has access fully to these different forms of investiture. Like, does she have multiple spikes of this metal? That grant her different powers. That's how I wrote it. Yeah. So there are there are multiple of these metals, and the ability is it has some form of investor in there, and it grants it to the holder of the shard. Yeah. Uh, sorry, spike. I don't want to say shard. And it also, with a single spike, allows for um, a chondra to have sentience. Well, that might always be true of any spike, for all we know. I I think Milan might have said something about that. Like you can have a single spike, you're just gonna go crazy. And I think that's how uh, Palm went down this path in the first place. When when that whole thing happened with Wax and her getting shot in the first place and having to act like she was killed, she probably pulled out one of her spikes in frustration or maybe in the process of killing herself. Who knows? And then I guess she realized that she could try to mess with Harmony instead because she was angry. Although, again, like something had to happen. She gets access to a god medal. And I think Dave brings up a good point. How do we get that if not through a world hopper of some kind? So she had she had some sort of conversation with some sort of world hopper that gave her access to this metal or she left, which is actually probably maybe not like I don't know. Maybe she could have left and became I mean, a world hopper herself. We but have evidence of Chandra on other worlds. So we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that tracks. But see, my problem with that is that they, for all we know, still work for Harmony at that point. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess we just don't know. But yeah, I, I think Conjure could have one spike. That's not anything in particular known God Metal. What if it's whimsy? Yeah. What if what if all of this is whimsy? <laughs> uh, what what is the one that they're really afraid of? It's not, isn't it Mercy? That Mercy actually helped Odium. They're not afraid of Mercy. They were afraid of um, ambition. They were afraid of ambition. But I mean, Mercy helped. Mercy helped Odium. Like Mercy was on the that side of the the fence. The Help him break ambition and also devotion and dominion, right? I don't know if Mercy was involved in devotion and dominion. I figured that ambition was just too much. Too much of a threat. And like everybody involved agreed ambition got to go. I I really want to read the dragons because they I don't think they were all friends with each other, but there were 16 of them. They worked 17. together to break Adonalsium. And then what? After they pick up the shards, they're like, oh, and now we got to kill each other. Like, what? Who does that? Not kill each other. The original agreement was just 
they all go their separate ways and they don't yeah. team up anymore. Right. Which... They're supposed to be on separate planets and have no interaction. But meanwhile, Honor Cultivation, Preservation Ruin, and De- Devotion to Minion all teamed up and did their own thing on their own planet. Which is my understanding of why nobody really cared that Devotion and Dominion got got. Yeah. Because they were explicitly breaking the rules. Right. I know if, like, Endowment is okay with that, because I think she says so in the words. Um, Frost, who's a different shard holder, right? Is Fro- Frost is a shard holder, yeah? Frost is something. Frost is a dragon and has something. Could be a shard, could be a dawn shard, could be some third thing that we don't know about yet. They don't mind that this happened. Um, yeah, so so that that's the whole point. The agreement was don't mess with each other, which is why I think specifically ODM was targeting these groups because right. people wouldn't retaliate against it. What I'm saying is that ambition counts as sort of an outlier to this because yeah. ambition wasn't they knew ambition would do someone. the same thing to them, ultimately. Yeah, just ambition was special and needed to be gotten rid of. And it's, it's hard. Being a shard holder is very harsh. Anyway. There, there are no positives from what I could see of being a shard holder. And I gotta I, go. So we're going to yeah, end the episode. I was just going to say, I agree with Hoyd. In that instance, it's good that he didn't pick up a shard. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Good night, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.